Yo, 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 welcome back, everybody. The D is silent. Your boy. You know. That guy. That fucking guy. Uh, today is, uh, January the... I think it's the 21st. Let me see. Friday the 21st, January. About 6.20 in the morning. I'm heading to work. Uh, you know, follow me everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, or don't. I don't don't really care. But, anyways. What I'd like to talk about. uh, There's a couple, there's a couple things. I haven't finished anything yet. Um, just so this episode is going to be at random. But I wanted to get this episode out because... Uh, things are coming up, you know, as far as stuff to talk about, like the Super Bowl, Super Bowl halftime show, um, which everybody's making a big deal about, and and rightfully so, because I kind of feel like this is the best halftime show artist we've had in quite some time. I'm all for Lady Gaga and Beyonce, and but. It's not, they're not cool if you don't like that shit. You don't like pop. It's not cool. This is a cool. This one goes like it's like whoa. This is a whoa. Fucking halftime show. But that's all, that's another. I mean, we'll discuss this in a little bit. But today's episode is basically just some random shit. You know, just some stuff I want to talk about. Get off my shit. Get off my chest. Uh, so let's start. Um. Encanto. You guys watched the movie Encanto? Uh, I liked it. My girlfriend really loves it. She watched it probably about ten times now, and I feel like, um, is it that good? Uh, I liked it. I, I'd probably watch it again a, t- a couple times. I don't know if I, if it's the greatest movie I've ever seen. No, but not by a long shot. Uh, but what I tell you what I do see about the movie is I like how um, I like the story behind it. Uh, it's kind of a sister that doesn't have magical powers and, you know, but she ends up saving the family. It kind of like the anti-superhero movie. When everything is being superhero, the superheroes eventually um, depend on a normal person with, you know, to be courageous and solve the mystery and you get every superhero power somebody super strong you can get a shapeshifter you got somebody who can read the future you got somebody who can talk to animals a girl that can a sister that can transform anything into a a rose or a plant uh, so they ha- they all have each they all have their each own powers in Maribel doesn't have any powers well I don't know I didn't watch the last like five minutes of the movie so maybe that changes once she hugs it out with her grandmas because I kind of ended there and I never re- I never watched that but I did watch the movie basically in its entirety twice because I started it and then I fell asleep and then I rebooted it and then like I was like oh I watched most of the movie uh, up until the last so I didn't watch the last thing so maybe I'll, I'll watch that before I 
Uh, I get my final thoughts on this, but it is a good movie. I mean, I like the color of it. Uh, it's a little bit better than Luca. Um, it's a little bit. It's I love I love that it's a little bit in Spanish. I mean, uh, I mean, this isn't as good as Coco, but it's still pretty good. Uh, they got some lovable characters in there. The grandma kind of, kind of reminds me of my grandma. You know, and, you know, the Canto, and it's set in Colombia, so it's it's got a little Mexican flavor to it. And I think Disney is running around eventually getting all those, getting uh, the variety of life out of everybody. If it's not with Marvel, and Marvel's doing it too. Um, I've watched The Eternals again now at home and with subtitles and, and a lot it makes a lot more sense now that I watch it uh, you know and have a better understanding of it. the movie is really good I, I think I gave it like a 7 or 7.5 out of 10 it's probably got it it's definitely an 8 out of a 10 maybe even 8.5 and, and the fact that um it's almost a seamless movie, man. I mean, I got Disney Plus, so I have access to all of this. Uh, but the Eternals is really seamless, really well put together. Uh, great story and a great future for those characters. And basically just a great overall. I mean, I expect the Eternals to be a lot more involved, even more so than I thought. Um originally that they were going to be in all the space movies. I think they're going to dominate the space movies going forward. Uh, I know uh, Thor Love and Thunder is coming, but I kind of feel like uh, the Eternals is going to be the more, the space team that exists, more so even than the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, And, you know, the Guardians themselves, I mean, Drax and company are in effect they're superheroes, but they don't, they're not super strong like the Eternals are. The Eternals are, they're basically eternal, and I, I just kind of feel like they, they probably are going to bump into each other, and, uh, and the Eternals got the upper hand, because they're, they got more power. Uh, now that I understand what Cersei's powers are, and after doing a little bit of online research, you go back and watch the movie and you just find out like, wow, like Marvel put all of that in there. And, you know, and I kind of felt that too. This is going to be a springboard for them going to the future, uh, especially with the uh, arrows and, and a lot of other people, um, characters, you know, Dane Whitman. Oh man, there's got a lot of, uh, a lot of, substance there to pull from and, and I think you know and Sprite's gonna get older uh, and Kingo is gonna you know Kingo's a character on earth who you would like to see more of Fastos you would like to see more of I mean a lot and and a lot of this I, I can see Marvel what they were not only what they were doing as far as building the space characters going forward 
but they also built into the movie so much diversity that I can see Kingo getting his own. I already thought that. I thought Kingo and his uh, psychic buddy could make their own series, and that's a that's a high possibility. Even some shorts, uh, and I don't think those actors would be against it because it'd be kind of fun. Uh, you know, and I kind of and I kind of, kind of want to see you know Sprite meet up with Loki because it kind of got the same feel to them. I would like to see Sprite versus Loki, you know, or Sprite team up with Loki. Be a thing. Uh, we got to bring Loki back, but I mean, Sprite is essentially the same as Loki, uh, just not as mis- mischievous. But it would be interesting, and see, that's where I kind of feel like Marvel has outdone themselves. They gave us a diverse set of superheroes that have a diverse set of powers and they were also diverse in you know uh, uh, how they all were you know you have Jolie you have you know playing Athena uh, you have some female roles there you get Sprite her role you got Kingo his role and, and there's a lot of languages and the movie was more made for an international flavor but after traveling abroad and just seeing how much international people interact with each other and the different takes on it, there's there's Arabic language in there, there's there's I think there's even there's sign sign language. I mean there's so much diversity in that movie that to me is just like it's still blowing the mind. And I'm like, well, my, and Marvel did it in a very, very true, very tasteful way and manner, so to speak. I don't know how to explain that to people. Like, this movie was really well done. And it really, it, you really didn't feel like any one character overshadowed the other in their importance. And then they were also equally um, represented. And then the, the plot behind the whole story where you know Kingo and Icarus were kind of you know the Erishim was right you know why are you going to save the earth and billions of other earths can be built you know it's just a part of it things naturally die anyways where are we you know and I think that's even goes into Harkins to what is this is the planet we live on worth saving at times, I feel like, yes, we should save the animals. We should save the environment. Yes, we should save a lot of things. But at the same time, is it really worth saving when there's so much tragedy and so much, you know, so much hatred and so much vileness out there? Like, maybe it's not. And again, that kind of piggybacks off of what Thanos and what makes Thanos so... Uh, prominent I think as a villain in general is is you know he was successful in wiping out half the people for a moment for five years and honestly you know the meme goes around everybody talks about it Thanos was right Thanos was right was it that even showed up in uh, Hawkeye you know when he's going pee Thanos was right 
and he looks at it like, and you gotta, you gotta kind of wonder, was Thanos right? You take out half the people living in any given society, and you let the world rebuild itself with nat- nature and, and be harmonious. Not just on the environment level, but also on the people level. But also, there's so many different levels of like, was Thanos right? You know, and that kind of goes into the, you know, plays right into the Eternals movie. Um, you know, they even bring up Thanos. Why didn't they? Because they didn't want. They didn't need to. They didn't have to. It's not none of their business. And uh, and then you come to find out that. Thanos' brother shows up the Prince of Titan and he I mean you gotta kind of wonder like uh, is Thanos possibly an eternal just he went about it a different way is you know there's a lot there's a lot to chew on there that I think Marvel will ultimately just it'll all make sense in probably another movie but I mean Marvel is just doing a wonderful job and that got, like I said, that goes back to Disney and Encanto. Uh, so much diversity. I mean, Coco was, I think, a Mexican uh, love story, you know, and Encanto is more of a Colombian. But it's still, I mean, it's still Latino represented. It's still highly, still highly entertaining. I still, I still liked it. So watch those movies. Watch The Eternals again. Watch Encanto. Encanto is pretty good. I give it two thumbs up. Not gonna grade it because I would have to watch it a couple of times to grade it. Uh, but moving on from that, let's see. I'm watching Bubba Fett. Bubba Fett is getting good. Uh, I don't know. It's not as it's being kind of dogged on the ratings. I think it's being rated really low per episode, like a six. But I'm I'm finding it to be really good. Um, I like how they're talking about hey, Bubba Fett is one of my favorite characters of all time. I think Disney took this golden opportunity to make a series involving him, more about him, shows what happened, how he escaped, uh, and all of that, and, you know, and now he's getting back his armor, or trying to, but at the same time, he's also trying to stop a war, or, or, you know, and now he's the daimyo, I mean, there's so much layered into it, I mean, uh, the, the critical nerds, are critically nerding it up, but I, I'm enjoying it. I, I love it. Uh, to me, I, I hope to God a lightsaber or a Jedi or Sith shows up at some point. Uh, and it doesn't have to be any of the main ones, but I hope one shows up at some point because it both sides of the force uh, eventually like went there to go get help from the bounty hunters from Jabba you know or make deals with him and so I would hope to God like a, a Jedi or a Sith show up in this series it's still young there's still a lot even if they don't show up I won't be disappointed but I kind of want there to show up um, so hopefully some things you know shake out there but overall it's going good you know they got a rancor back. Uh, I really like that the Jabba twins are uh, finally getting some shine, and you know Jabba. It's so interesting because Jabba is 
really portrayed as a slime ball, greasy uh, thug lord. That's kind of what he is, you know, the parody of an actual Italian mob boss. In case you didn't know that. Uh, but now that the, I mean, the twins and Jabba had a lot of had some dialect, but I hope the Jabba, the, the twins get even more dialogue because I think a lot of people need to see how how they politic around in the underworld to get to where they're at, even though they don't really physically have any sort of like power to them. Um, but that's also fascinating. So I hope they, I hope they get a little bit more shine as well. Uh, but they kind of, you know, the small couple of conversations that you've had with Bubba Fett to me are golden. Like it really shows you like how intelligent and how, quick they are and how and how they think and operate as a mob mentality uh, so that's going great I mean the Bu- Bubba Fett see I think that's what people are missing they want more Bubba Fett but there's all these other characters bringing in we finally get in the Wookiee uh, Chris Danson or whatever his name is uh, that's pretty much not a chewy Wookiee like happy go lucky I mean this guy is a brutal gladiator and uh it's good to see now we're getting to see that so that I think there's a lot of stuff in there and and I don't know why it's getting graded so poorly but I don't, I don't care I'm enjoying it uh the Tuscan Raiders got a little bit of backstory shine as well so you know how they try how their tribe operates how they've mastered the sands uh they're not just sand people as referred to as uh by Obi-Wan but they are in fact a tribe of warriors in the desert um, but yeah the book of Bub- Bubba Fett is going good man if you haven't seen the they we're like on episode 5 now or 4 uh, hopefully we get like more than 10 episodes out of this hopefully we get like 12 to 16 episodes that's kind of what I'm hoping for uh, well you never know uh, with that said I'm going to pause it here because I'm getting to work now and I am uh, I'll pick this back up when I'm on my way home you know we'll discuss some other things you know some foosball and some other stuff what have you but hang tight I'll be right back alright so I'm back a whole day and a half later so I was talking about the book of Bubba Fett yeah I watched I watched the four episodes that have come out they're all really good I kind of feel like People are not understanding what this is about, and or and they're not getting it. And I kind of like all the little elements. I'm loving the little elements. They they show that, that he how he got another rancor, showing the other Jabba, uh, the twins. Uh, now we're getting like a more evil uh, Chewbacca, whatever they're called. Um, they're gonna show the Tuscan Raiders getting a little shine. I everybody's getting a little more shine to it, but it's they like Boba Fett. And I was telling my brother this the other day. Boba Fett was never a main character in any of the movies. This is the sidest of one of the side characters possibly ever. Now, in the comic books and stuff like that, I mean, they probably had... He's got a whole thing about him. But Boba Fett was never a main character in the movie. He was, in, he was sparsely in there. And I think people liked him because he was cool looking. And, and they just built some stuff for him. This is his first, Bubba Fett's first shine, first real moment in the spotlight. 
and I like how they just showed a lot of the other people that there's elements to him um, I like what they're showing about him and now he's trying to take on the Pikes and some other gangsters in the the criminal underworld that exists in the Star Wars universe there's a criminal element in every aspect of life it doesn't matter if you're communist or capitalist or if you're a third world country or a first world country it doesn't matter if you're black or white or what race you are it's a criminal element to literally every aspect of life and it's just a counterculture of what the governments are or what you know what's going on in civilization and I like how we're getting in, getting in, involved in this that there's more than one syndicate out there yes the huts were once a syndicate they're very powerful but there's other syndicates in it and they're talking about creating a power vacuum which is absolutely true if you take a look at the Middle East you cut off the head of Saddam Hussein and everybody is jockeying for position or as they call it there's a power vacuum it's it's clan versus clan it's gangsters versus gangsters it's uh, cartels versus cartels and I, I, I'm actually as a segue out of Boba Fett I've been so deeply involved in learning about the cartels of Mexico. Uh, I've been watching um, this guy on YouTube called Disturbed Reality. Uh, He's like some Englishman and all he does is watch gore videos. However, he discusses gore videos and like people being beheaded and people being having their arms and legs cut off and their eyes gouged out all kinds of crazy shit but subtly behind his channel it's become his channel has become on YouTube it's become a narcos a Mexican cartel narcos channel because 95% of the content he gets is coming from the cartels down in Sinaloa I'm learning all about you see, I'm learning all about CJNG, which is the uh, Nuevo Generación uh, Cartel Jaliscos, which is run by El Mancho. And now I'm learning all of this. Now, I just didn't know how many cartels there were down there. There was also, there was Los Zetas, there's um, uh, Cartel del Golfo, Cartel Noreste, there's, uh, you know, Cartel de Sinaloa, there's a Tijuana Cartel, there's... Uh, I, I mean, there's cartels left and fucking right in Mexico. And they're all jockeying for position to be the number one in all that war with each other. Um, Los Viagras. There's all there's all kinds of fucking cartels. I would need to... Ma- and, I, and I'm just learning about the key players and what they're doing to each other. And, and there's just... there's Eventually, Mexico's going to suffer... A power vacuum. One of these cartels is going to ultimately rise to the top, may perhaps even overthrow the government and uh, put their rules in place. I don't know if they'll overthrow the government because the Mexican government is sneakily very powerful and tied in with the United States. But there exists an element, and there, you know what? And and, and I I got to talk about this too for a moment. As much as beheading and dismemberment and fucking all kinds of crazy things that happen 
to the cartels. And Americans eat that shit up. That fucking Mexico some crazy ass. They're fucking strangling and cutting people's heads off. And they're killing all these innocent people. Yes. That does take place in Mexico. It does happen in Mexico. It does. However, here in the States, we got people running up in, into schools and shooting motherfuckers down. America is not without its darkest of blemishes. I can't think... There's not much more of a horrific act than for a teenager or a young adult in their 20s to grab an AR-15, an AK-47, an M-16, something semi-automatic, and run up into an elementary and pop off a dozen kids or two dozen kids a la Sandy Hook. You know, and that's not the only instance of Columbine. I mean, the school shooting is insane. It's an insane notion because, you know, schools are schools, man. I mean, it's just an insane notion. The in the level of insanity is be almost beyond comprehension. I mean, there's levels of insanity. I'm not going to turn this episode into a violent gore fest. But I, I like to see that aspect in Bubba Fett as as a you know just just to put that out there. There's hopefully Bubba Fett gets a lot more violent, a lot more killing. You know, I'm, hopefully we're going to show. A, uh, they're just getting all the players into place in that, but. As I'm talking about, as I'm learning about all these nar- narco cartel wars and beefs and the players, what I, what I was hinting, okay, the level of insanity of a school shooter of a, of a an adult male that's 18 to 25 or however they all Columbine, and and some of them are even young adults, like they're, they're teenagers themselves. The level of insanity. For you to go to your home to your parents or your cousins or your uncles or your grandfather's gun rack, grab a gun that can spit off, I don't know, I don't know how many rounds per second or per minute, whatever the case, stuff that into your jacket or backpack, bring out two or three handguns. Stuff those in your pocket. Walk onto a school with high schoolers, 12, 13, 14, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 year olds, whatever the age is, and fucking light the joint up. The level of insanity is something that here in America we were quick to throw that. On the back burner, as it not being that it's just an, it was an accident or some some form of I don't know it was a, a a one-time affair like 9/11. No, no, no. The level of insanity to do that is beyond what anything that Mexican. I mean, I'm not. I'm sure Mexicans are kidnapping kids and doing things of the nature too, but they are not running up into a school. And shooting down the school That's that's insane That's insane for a cartel to do that You don't hear about that in other places In America And in America being the top country We allegedly are 
Now it's insane that that's in fucking the like I said the level of insanity is crazy. Uh, and that's not the only fucking thing. There's a level of insanity that's uncomprehendable when it comes to how much we pay for medicine in the fucking. And I have also dabbled into this. I, I went down a rabbit hole on YouTube, like, in just the internet, Googling opioids and fucking fentanyl, fentanyl and, and MDMA and all this bullshit. The level of insanity that 100,000 people died in 2020 of opioid overdose is fucking crazy. I, I if 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 there was a hundred thousand people getting in their cars drunk as fuck and smashing through and killing families and fucking all kinds of shit, they would have already stopped alcohol. They would have already stopped fucking automobiles. There would there would be uh checkpoints on every fucking city block in the United States if that was the case because it's not just the the fact that 100,000 people died it's that there's 100,000 people died and there's 20 or 30 million people actively using said substance but not dying and you you would just think you would literally think wow 100,000 people died something is going on Especially, it's a prescribed a prescription drug, allegedly. I mean, supposedly, fent- and it's it's even mind boggling. Fentanyl is so it's just blowing my mind away because I don't understand it. I, I don't do hard drugs. I, I've smoked weed. Yes, I've tried coke. Yes, dropped uh, ecstasy a time or two. You know, then acid, a couple of other things. You know, younger days, I don't longer do that. I don't no longer get. I don't derive pleasure. Out of being totally stoned, that all senses is just you know blackout drunk is not fun either. Yeah, I like to drink. I'll have a margarita. I like I like feeling just the buzz, the rush, hits you and you feel you get that little that little head change. You know, and I like that with weed too. Weed you can control it, not so much edibles, but with regular weed you can. You know, brings you brings you relaxes your body a little bit. Yes, I understand that. But I don't understand how you could be in a car accident one day or have a, a major back surgery or or knee surgery or, you know, or you're an athlete and, you, you know, you're MCL and ACL and LCL and all that went out and you got surgically repaired and you're in pain. And I don't understand how you're first. You're like, okay, we're going to prescribe you fentanyl or whatever the actual, um, whatever the actual fucking prescription that they give you. They give you that. And mind you, I think they're supposed to be monitoring you a little bit. Like you have to actually show up and request refills and shit and I I don't understand how if they know you're if you look fucking totally cracked out of your mind and you're fucking 
switching as you're sitting there asking for a refill and you're fucking like fucking spazzing out. I don't understand how a doctor is, is uh, prescribes you more of it. That that to me is blowing my mind away. And then it just blows my mind away that everybody that's doing fentanyl and opioids are just like, fuck it. I can no longer get it. I'm totally fucked up. I'm just going to start shooting heroin. It's it's a crazy notion. Fucking crazy. And ironically enough, fentanyl and some of that other shit is supplied by the cartels in Mexico. But the cartels in Mexico would not be supplying it if it was not some fucking demand here in the States. And that's and I don't know how to stop that. I don't know if doctors or the government or who but you know it, to me it seems like it's the now in the new age coke like coke was back in the 70s like everybody's fucking doing it um some of that shit's coming laced or i don't know a lot of people are saying the fentanyl is not made right or you know i don't know i don't know i, I went into a rabbit hole one day i was in it for like like a good two or three hours just googling the numbers. I couldn't believe the numbers were staggering. Cause a hundred thousand people die. That means it's like every other, you know, in America there's only three hundred million people, and for a million people to die, that means one out of every three hundred people roughly are dying of whatever is dying, right? So if you go and take that back to a hundred thousand, it means one one out of every Three or four thousand people, or every thirty thousand people, whatever the number is, is dying. I live in a city personally that is uh, has a two hundred thousand population, which means you might hear about it here and there. People die, and I do hear about it. I just didn't personally know that it was a hundred thousand motherfuckers. It's a lot of motherfuckers, and that would mean that so many other people are doing it and not dying. Because they're just not dying from it. And let alone somehow the transition. You go from fentanyl to fucking heroin. Is insane. I'm telling you. It's an insane notion. And now I, I learned all about this. I was just randomly. You know. And, and like I say. It's barbaric. To me it's barbaric. That I'm, I'm never going to understand. Drugs in America. I'm sure there's drugs in other places but I'm never going to understand it I'm not as why I'm not sure I'm not sure why America is addicted like every you know and if you go back to the coke days and and marijuana days and you go to fucking uh, methamphetamine and you go to fucking now it's fentanyl and you go to lean and you go to fucking the nut and ecstasy and shrooms and I mean Every fucking in cigarette, everybody is fucking doing it. Just an insane. It's an insane notion that back in the seventies or whatever, Pablo Escobar was supplying mountains of fucking cocaine to the United States, and and I'm, and I'm, it's not just. My, I mean, it's fucking. A, a sea of fucking cocaine, an endless stream of fucking cocaine 
to where the man made himself billions of dollars uh, 30, 40 years ago. So much money that he didn't know what to do with it. As a matter of fact, he was just living at one point. Buying hippos and fucking doing all kinds of crazy shit. I, I mean, Pablo Escobar's story is fucking wild. It's insane. He's one of the most talked about drug lords of all time. Uh, he is one of the most talked about drug lords to have ever fucking made made news in the world. He's a crazy individual. But that's without being said... America is fucking crazy for fucking snorting, injecting, smoking, all of that product. And you're going to think about, well, who was using Coke? I don't know if my parents did Coke. But I would assume they did. Because allegedly everybody and their mothers and fathers and fucking every famous person and every fucking... Even the presidents were just fucking putting that powder, powder, that that white powder up their nose. Crazy, absolutely insane. It's an insane notion. So it, it, I was just totally blown away by fentanyl. I just couldn't believe it. Uh, and I, and I, like I said I just fell deep into a rabbit hole. And, I, and I, I'm now I'm just learning about all the cartels in Mexico, like all the different ones and the, the names and the players and. The areas they patrol and what their what their shtick is, you know. I just it's just one of those things, man. You know, and it's just it's just a totally mind blowing mind fuckery. And if we're speaking about totally blind mind mind blowing fuckeries, the Raiders made the playoffs. Totally mind blowing, mind fucked me over. Totally mind blown because I was you know been waiting for them to be good enough to make the playoffs. They made the playoffs. When I was in Cancun, they made the playoffs. Uh, they were all eventually eliminated in the first game, but their game was probably the best game, and I would like to talk about them for the next five to ten minutes as I close this episode out. Um, the Raiders made the playoffs, and I think they have a good foundation in Las Vegas. Um, they play with a lot of heart. I gave up on them when they were six and seven. They knocked off four straight wins. Couldn't believe it. Um, ultimately, got eliminated in the playoffs by the Cincinnati Bengals, but the game was close. Uh, the Raiders really lost that game. I know it came down to the last seconds, but we really lost that game. You know, it just had a lot to do with the fact that. We didn't play well enough in the beginning, the first half. If we'd have played well enough in the first half, we probably could have won the game in the second half. And we, but we just did not play well in the first half. A comedy of errors. Uh, I don't know why Peyton Barber grabbed the football and at the two yard line. We were backed up at the two yard line. Uh, a sack fumble, which was Garrett Carr got hit by a bl- on the blind side. Uh, a late interception. Or actually, it's interception to end the game. Oh, what else? You know, we don't have Jonathan Abram. We don't have Alec Ingle. We don't have uh, Phylon. We didn't have Phylon. It was just a numerous injuries late in the season. 
Obviously, Deshaun Jackson was just kind of a footnote. Brought him in. Nothing really there. You know, we mixed rugs. You know, the head coach change. I mean, we there's just a lot of things going on with that, with what happened. And I we lost the game, and, and I actually got Mike Mayock out. Mike Mayock had a go. Uh... He's a terrible general manager. Terrible. General manager doesn't have nothing to do with coaching. I'll give him that. Uh, we did have decent additions. Decent. Picks. Decent. It was just decent. The. You know, all the first round picks, I think that they're saying allegedly, he tried to save face and say that it. Allegedly, John Gruden picked all the first-round picks. Which, mm, you know. Mm. But you got to have some balls and tell them, no, we're not drafting that player because they suck. I mean, you got to have some fucking balls. Uh, supposedly, he he's credited for drafting Crosby, Renfro, some of these late-round picks that came to play. Possibly. Uh, but all the first round picks are absolutely bombed. Um, and then I, I just got to I just got to think just personally. To me, his job wasn't worth saving at the end of the day. Or I mean, it just is not worth saving. I, I I'm glad he for I'm thankful for his service. You know, we got to the playoffs, but I mean, it's just not good enough. Uh, as a Raider fan. I want to at least be a contender in the conversation as somebody who's possible, who's close to winning the Super Bowl. We're not close yet, and that and that has to a lot of that has to do with him too. The way the contracts set up, uh, he could not. And I don't know the coach. The coach got to do the day to day operations of the football. He's got to. The coach has to actually do football, but the general manager and a little bit of the owner. The owner doesn't have. The owners. The owners. It says he wants this and this and that done. Mark Davis is a phenomenal owner, contrary to the popular belief. Uh, he got Vegas into the new school age. He put us in a fucking prominent city. Um, he's making, I believe, the right moves. He made the right right move with Gruden years, a couple years ago now. He made the right move and fired him. That's something that only he can do. Um... He let go of Mike Mayock, which I believe is the right, also the right move. I think we're going to get another top-end coach. Hopefully we get Harbaugh, which I would love for Harbaugh to come back and not be tied to Alex Smith or Colin Kaepernick. And nothing against either one of those quarterbacks, but Alex Smith was not going to get the job done. Colin Kaepernick could have got the job done, but it came with a lot of... um, it was just it was just a tidal wave, man. And I feel bad for Colin Kaepernick because I think Colin Kaepernick got blackballed by the NFL. But really, I mean, there's a lot there was a lot of pressure put on him from the president of the United States and uh, this whole MAGA movement and it was just like created a a massive river. as if it was today if Colin Kaepernick were taking knees today, I think the president and a lot of people would have been more supportive 
of his actions and Colin Kaepernick would still be playing. But it's because he drew the attention of uh, the Red Hat clowns and Donald Trump and the whole MAGA movement, San Francisco got caught in the pinch. And, and I think Jim Harbaugh just, you know, it just, you know, he had to leave that scene. It was a, as dysfunctional as Raiders are, that was a, that was a whole world of fucking something else, something wicked, you know. And like I said, I think Colin Kaepernick should still be playing in the NFL. Uh, I know people look at his numbers and say that he sucks, but uh, you look at the numbers of other quarterbacks and they suck as well. Cam Newton is still playing. Uh, I don't know who the fuck's on the Jets. Uh, I don't, you know, they're just, there's shitty talent all over the NFL. Just, that's just my, and, and, you know, Murray, or, uh, you know, homeboy from the Arizona Cardinals was put on blast in this postseason. Mac Jones put on blast. And he can't tell me that Colin Kaepernick wasn't better than those cats. Uh, he was. So, you know, but that, but see, I, I hope we get Jim Harbaugh back. Uh, I hope he comes to the Silver and Black. Bring in a new general manager and, and maybe draft a future quarterback post Carr. Because Carr is given now, this is his eighth season. Maybe he's got another season or two to groom a, a cat. Before I think, I think that's got to be it for him. Uh, I think he deserves one solid run at the at the chip, maybe next year or the year after. I mean, if he would, I mean, if Derek Carr wins the chip or he gets us to the AFC Championship, it would be hard to say to move on from him. It would be hard. But I mean, if it doesn't happen in the next year, two or three, then I gotta say you gotta look for new talent, and I and I kind of believe that that's what's happening. Uh, you're gonna bring in Jim Harbaugh. You're gonna bring in a new general manager, and they're gonna sit down and say, okay. This year's quarterback talent pool is trash. So we're going to draft defensive players. Uh, a, a brand, we need a brand new wide receiver. Henry Ruggs going down really hurt the team. Uh, we could have had better seating. We could have had a home game. You never know how these things shake out. We could have actually won a playoff game. That's what the Henry Ruggs, John Gruden, all of that drama played out to be is a loss or two in the regular season and ultimately not a home playoff game and a home, and a playoff loss. Ultimately, that's what it boiled down to. We could have been 11 wins. Maybe even 12. I don't know. Uh, if those two things don't happen, maybe we're talking about us playing the Steelers at home, and you look what happened to the Steelers. Uh, we would have ran over the Steelers. We already ran over them in the beginning of the season. We would have ran them over, and that would have just really bolstered our, you know, the team mojo. Or maybe we would have played, I don't know, you know, the Colts or somebody who we beat late season anyways. We could have beat them again. These are how these things shake out. But I'm glad, you know, so... And Rich, Rich Bisaccia, I, I don't got nothing against the man. Personally, he did okay. But he's just not head coach worthy. And you could just tell because everybody was trying to run trick plays on us. And it was too too much to our 
chagrin it was working. Kansas City run a fake punt. Uh, a lot of special team errors on our end. People were trying to throw, uh, you know, yeah, the fake puns and shit were working against us. I don't know, like, that's some bullshit. So, and he's in, he was supposed to be a special teams coach. He should have had that. He should have had that doubt that we should have better special teams as with him as the head coach. Plays that John Gruden wouldn't call. He should have been calling them. Uh, you know, not in, in at first he he was timid, and then he kind of went all balls out towards the end of the season, and then he re, he reverted back to what he was uh, timid again, and that's how we ended up ultimately losing the game against Cincinnati. And uh, you know, I wish him well. I don't. I don't. Honestly, if he would return back as a special teams coach, just step down from the head coach, I wouldn't be. I would. That's what ultimately what I would like. But ultimately, he's gonna be let go. I believe he's gonna be let go of the job, and he's probably gonna move on from the Raiders, which is okay. You know, it's a, it's a business. It's n- nothing personal. It's just we need to upgrade at the coaching position. And upgrade an upgrade at the general and PM that have no egos and just draft us the best talent. I think if we start getting the best talent with the core of players, Crosby, Renfro, uh, Jacobs, hopefully Leatherwood play pans out. You know, we get some Abram back and we get you know some of the studs that were late season blooms for us. Hopefully, you know, all of that shapes up to mean another prosperous season next year. That's what I'm hoping for. So with all that said, I'm watching Ozark season four just dropped at the, so far it's me. I watched one episode. I haven't finished lost in space yet. I should have finished that up soon. Um, the expanse is still going, uh, uh, demon slayer is going. So I got a lot on the table guys. So as I finish things up, we'll get talking about those, but I'm going to get this episode posted up. Just want to talk to you guys about some random shit that I've been doing. So, with all that said, I'll catch you guys on the flip. Also, that We Were Young Fest, it's sold out. MCR, Paramore, AFI, Day to Remember. Uh, That emo fest broke the internet a few days ago. I wanted to talk about that slightly, but it's not worth my breath. I was about 10% interested in going, but the ticket prices were like 250 bucks, so... Yeah, it's in Vegas. You know, yeah. Whatever. But alright, guys, so I'll catch you guys on the flip. Uh see you guys next week or I'll hear you guys or you guys can hear me next week. So I'm uh, I'm about to give me some dinner here and uh yeah, catch you guys on the next episode. Laters.